You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's News Podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and on today's show, we kick off a busy week as we will talk to draft analyst Tony Pauline, one of the more highly respected, more knowledgeable uh, draft insiders in the business few things to a uh, few things to talk about before we get to my interview with Tony though this shapes up as a busy week for the New York Giants we will hear from general manager Dave Gettleman twice this week on Tuesday Gettleman and assistant GM Kevin Abrams will hold a video conference with media the uh the Stated topic of that uh, of that video conference is free agency, which means that you know we will try to wrap up some of the free agency loose ends. The uh, then again on Thursday, Gettleman and Chris Pettit will help hold a Zoom video conference to talk about the NFL draft. I'm sure both of the uh, of the video conferences will focus heavily on the draft. But uh, that is how those two video conferences are slated to are slated to go. One about free agency, one about the draft. And we will bring you all of the coverage of uh, of those press conferences, all the news, all the analysis at BigBlueView.com. So please read the website uh, to uh, to check out what we have to say about uh, about those press conferences. Also this week, we're going to be, uh, we hope to, on the podcast here, talk to uh, athletic draft analyst Dane Brugler later this week. So lots of of draft coverage, lots of draft uh, analysis coming your way this week as we prepare for the 2021 NFL Draft, which is now just more than a week away couple things that that I wanted to hit before I get to to my interview with with Tony Pauline the uh, SB Nation Writers Mock Draft annual event where SB Nation bloggers for each team you know make the uh, the picks play general manager and make the picks for for their individual teams is currently ongoing and on Monday my pick for the New York Giants was posted the pick was uh, Alabama wide receiver Jalen Waddle you can read my reasoning for that at bigblueview.com also, if you're a, a regular reader of the website, you know that in my weekly mock drafts that I post every Sunday leading up to the draft, 
this last time I stayed at 11, and I chose Georgia edge rusher Aziz Ojolari for the Giants. That was a circumstance where wide receivers Jalen Waddell and Devonta Smith were off the board. Kyle Pitts was off the board. Rashawn Slater and Panay Sewell were off the board. So, I mean, I was left looking at a board with cornerback uh, Patrick Sertain on the board, cornerback uh, J.C. Horn, Oh, and uh, Micah Parsons was also off the board. So I was looking at, at a board where my choices were either to uh, either to, to take a guard like Elijah Vera Tucker or to take the guy that I considered to be the, the best edge rusher in the class. And I chose the edge rusher, that being uh, Ojolari, who's my favorite edge rusher for the Giants in this class. If you listen to the show frequently, you hear me talk about the reasons why. You've probably read my work at Big Blue View and understand the reasons why. I think schematically with the number of things that Ojolari can do, both playing, standing up with his hand in the ground, moving forward as a as a rusher, uh, dropping back into coverage, I think the number of things that Ojolari is capable of doing and has shown at Georgia that he can do fit really, really well into the defensive scheme of Patrick Graham for the Giants. That's why I look at Ojolari as as my preference. I can certainly understand people who are fans of Quiddy Pay or Jalen Phillips or or whoever might be your, your favorite uh, edge rusher. There is certainly no consensus. There is certainly no clear you know, first edge rusher. Uh, no clear slam dunk in the edge rusher class, so it, it is definitely an arguable point. But you know, for me, Ojolari is the guy that I prefer. We'll see how the draft plays out here in uh, in a little bit more than a week. All right, what I want to do right now is take a short break here for a word from our sponsors at SB Nation. When we come back, you'll hear my interview with draft analyst Tony Pauline. All right, Giants fans, special treat for you as we continue our uh, coverage of the 2021 NFL Draft from a Giants perspective. I'm joined now by highly respected draft analysts, analyst Tony Pauline of the Pro Football Network and the Believe in Draft Analysts podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Tony, thank you very, very much for, for spending a couple minutes with me. Thanks for having me. Hey, so... New York Giants have the 11th overall pick. Um, a lot of speculation. You look at the Giants, they could go a lot of different ways, They, depending on how the board falls. They can go offensive line. They can go wide receiver. They could go... You know, they could go edge rusher. They could go Micah Parsons if, uh, if they believe in his... Uh, you know, that the, that the character questions are, are okay. Um with him we're hearing a lot lately about this idea that that maybe it's edge rusher that they really want is that should we should we buy that speculation or or would you kind of sell on that speculation i'm sure they want an edge rusher because they need an edge rusher the question is you know are there any edge rushers worth selecting with the 11 choice or is it a major reach as far as my board is concerned, the top edge rusher is Quiddy Pay, closely followed by Aziz Ojolari, but they're number 15 and 16 on my board. So the question is, you know, do the Giants feel comfortable you know, 
taking one of those players, uh, basically five to six spots or four to five spots before they should be selected, especially if they're looking at maybe a Jalen Waddle staring him in the face, maybe a top cornerback like J.C. Horn staring him in the face. You mentioned Micah Parsons and the issues uh, that surround him and the questions that the Giants are going to have to answer to see if they're uh, comfortable with them. And let's talk about uh, let let's let's talk about. So if they want an edge rusher, we all know Dave Gettleman has never traded down in the draft. Could you possibly see this as a scenario where if it's edge rusher, where maybe the Giants could trade to 15 with, you know, with New England and, and get the edge rusher that they wanted? I mean, could this be the year that Dave finally makes that move? You would think so. I, I mean, the pros are you're basically going to move down, grab some extra selections, and come away with a decent player that fits a need. I think the, the cons would be, on my board anyway, there are 11 premier players in this year's draft. Uh, so if you move down out of the 11th spot, you're very likely going to miss out on one, on one of the premier players in fact, you could have your choice of premier players if all of the uh, quarterbacks, uh, the top five quarterbacks, are smashed into the initial 10 selections, which is a slight possibility. So, you know, you got to balance it out. Do you want one of the premier players in this draft, which could fit a need for the Giants, whether it be a wide receiver, whether it be on the offensive line, whether it be uh, at cornerback, which is still a need, or, or do you trade down and, and get the edge rusher, which is also a need, and get some extra selections? I think the trade to uh, to New England, if that is in fact uh, a possibility, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I'll ask you another buy or sell question. I keep hearing of you know lately, you know, you you mentioned cornerback still being a need, and I agree. But I've thought of it as a mid round need at this point. You know, get a developmental guy, third, fourth round, a guy that that you might be able to. Uh, to bring along kind of slowly, but I keep hearing and keep seeing, well, if Patrick Sertan is still there, you know, maybe you take, maybe you take that guy. Um, do, do you think it's realistic that the giants, even with Adoree Jackson and, and James Bradbury, do you think it's realistic that, that they would go corner? Well, first thing I'd also throw JC Horn that mix because I think JC Horn is, is right there with Patrick Sertan. Sertan's better. But I think J.C. Horn down the road, certain better not, I think right, right now, but I think down the road, um, uh, Horn could be better. And I, I think absolutely. I, I mean, you know, we, we could go back and forth with Dory Jackson. Was he worth the money they paid him? They paid him an awful bit of money. Uh, but still, <laughs> you know, in this day and age where balls are flying in the NFL and it's a passing game, you better have bigger physical quarterbacks to stop. Uh, opponents and the Dory Jackson isn't a big cornerback. He never was, obviously, and he's never going to be. Where Sertan and J.C. Horn fill that need. So again, uh, I, I don't know about a developmental guy, but if you can get a, a shutdown, lockdown type of corner uh, with that selection, assuming there's no other Penny Sewell doesn't fall down to them, which I don't think that's going to happen. I, I'd say there's about a one percent chance that happens. Uh, then I think you absolutely have to look cornerback especially if it's the best player on the board. Yeah, I guess my question, if if it's J.C. Horn or if it's Sertan, 
you know, my question, you've got Jabril Peppers, you've got Logan Ryan, you've got Xavier McKinney, you've got, you know, you've got all those safeties. I guess my question is, where does he play? Oh, I, I mean, you've got Darnay Holmes. I, I, I mean, you're going to bring him in for competition. And granted, you just signed, you know, Dory Jackson, the big money this year, you signed Bradbury last year. Uh, but but there, you can always find a place for a big shutdown corner to play. So let me ask you, you know, we haven't really yet talked about Micah Parsons. And, and I look at Micah Parsons and I, I think he's probably, for me, he's probably the, the best defensive player in the draft. You know, we can argue about, about the corners as well, but, but I look at Parsons and I see probably the, the number one defensive guy. I just question whether the Giants, who have kind of been burned over, you know, in recent years by some big personalities and some character issues and maturity issues, you know, with with Eli Apple and DeAndre Baker and 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 even Odell Beckham, I I wonder if he's a guy that the Giants that the Giants would really strongly consider there. And, and I'm curious, you know, what your take on, on Parsons is at this point and whether he's a guy that the Giants would actually go for. They would have to consider him. Now, whether you actually draft him is another question altogether, but he's, you're going to have to talk about him. He's going to have to be discussed as a possible choice unless they find something in the, uh, and with the character issues that are just so bad, they're going to take, they take them off the board and they say, forget about it. My issue with Parsons is this. He's not actually my number three rated defensive player. And I think what people miss with Parsons is they see him make a lot of highlight plays. Yeah, he's a great athlete. He's forceful at the field, but his instincts run very hot and cold. And oftentimes you find him searching for the ball rather than quickly reading and reacting, quickly instinctively reacting to the action and basically seeing the play as it unfolds. He's able to make a, he was able to make a lot of those plays at Penn State because he was such a supreme athlete. He can make up for his mental errors with the sheer speed uh, that he had up the field and laterally. So, in my opinion, that is also a major concern. Now, you know, you're going to have to figure out if you're a team while interviewing Michael Parsons during those Zoom interviews, if, you know, it was a situation where he wasn't asked to make many reads at Penn State, it was basically asked to just use his athleticism to make plays, especially up the field. Uh, and it's something that you can coach him to. Uh, but to me, that's, that, that is a red flag. I, I think Michael Parsons, he's not the ultimate boomer bust prospect, but I think he's got a lot of boomer bust to his game. The boom is obviously his athleticism, his size, uh, his speed, and you know, regardless of whether or not you believe he, he actually ran a 4-3-8 or whatever it was in the pro day, he plays fast. There's no doubt about it. And he's not just a straight line type guy. So you got great upside there. But with some of the issues that have been talked about and thrown out there, and as far as I'm concerned, the instincts which run hot and cold, that is a major, uh, major concern for me that I would be bringing up in war rooms. Let's talk a little bit about uh, about the wide receivers. Obviously, Giants signed Kenny Galladay. They added John Ross, but could still use more help for uh, you know for Daniel Jones. Could you still use another another playmaker on that offensive side of the ball? I'm curious for you if it's if it's a choice between 
Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, you know, for the Giants, if they're staring at both of those guys at 11, which which is possible, not likely maybe, but possible. If, if they're staring at, at both of those guys, which one do you think Dave Gettleman chooses if it's just if it's just between those two players? Yeah, I, I doubt that's going to happen. And, you know, that's a good question. I mean, I know they signed John Ross, but I'm not really relying on John Ross uh, to be very productive next year over the long haul, over the course of 17 games. He's never shown that at, uh, you know, during his first four years with Cincinnati. You know, it's a good question. Jalen Waddell would seem to basically fit the need, fit the need uh, compared to Galladay and Darius Slayton, who, they, who they've done a great job with, fit the need of a vertical receiver, someone that can stretch the field, someone who can basically take it deep when Galladay and Slayton really can't do that on a consistent basis. But you know, Jalen Waddell is much more of a question mark compared to Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith is a much more complete receiver. He's a smaller guy. He's not as fast as Waddle, but he is fast enough. You know, I, I, I think at that point in time, you can't go wrong with either of those pass catchers. It's just a matter of, do you want a guy that can stretch the field? And if you do, on a consistent basis, and has the ability to hit the home run and score from any point on the field, and that would be Jalen Waddle. Or do you want the guy that basically is a plug-and-play type of receiver you may have to line him up in the slot. You may have to line him up off the line of scrimmage, keep him off of press coverage. But he's someone that I think would be very productive for you from from the get-go, and that would be uh, Devonta Smith. You know, I keep looking at Jalen Waddell, and maybe it's because of the kick return ability, and maybe it's because the Giants got burned by this guy so many times. But but I keep seeing Deshaun Jackson when I look at when I look at Waddle. Is is that an accurate comparison at all? In my opinion, no. I, I mean, the concern for me with Waddle is he hasn't played a lot of football and he's a very unpolished receiver. You know, when he's on the field, he, he's dynamic and he's a home run hitter. But the fact is this is, you know, he was, he saw playing time sporadically in 2019, primarily because Alabama was so stacked at the receiver position. And then he showed, development in his game early this year before suffering that uh, ankle injury. So I, I think coming into uh, the draft, I think Deshaun Jackson was a much more polished receiver. Now Jackson fell because of off the field issues. Jackson also fell because people didn't like, or didn't really highly covet short receivers at the time. The guys that didn't have uh, you know great physical, weren't great physical specimens that has changed at almost every position except for uh the lines of scrimmage. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I guess it would be the same as far as their ability to hit the home run, the ability to score from any point in the field, uh, the ability to alter games uh, as receiver as, uh, as well as a return specialist. But I, I think that Deshaun Jackson was more polished as a receiver uh, at equal points in their career than Jalen Waddle. All right, Tony, last thing we need to talk about. We haven't really even mentioned the Giants in the offensive line. And obviously, that's an area they didn't touch in free agency. They spent three draft picks on on offensive linemen last year, but they're still in a position where they need to add talent to that group after letting Kevin Zeitler go as a free agent. I love Rashawn Slater as a player. I think Rashawn Slater 
you know, would be a, a terrific addition to the Giants. But my question is kind of twofold. If they draft him, do you do, do, do they look at him as a guard or do they look at him as a tackle? And if they're going to look at him as a guard, would they not be better off to wait until until day two and and pick a Wyatt Davis or a Landon Dickerson who could slide over to guard or, or, or someone like that? Yeah, well, I mean, Rashawn Slater's on my guard board. He always has been on my guard board. Uh, I, I'm not convinced he's going to play tackle at the next level. Obviously, he should, he should be trying to tackle, um, uh, but uh, until he fails. Uh, but but I, I'm not as high on Slater as a lot of other people are. Uh, I won't. I would, did not consider him as one of those 11 premier players in the draft. Now, if they select him, I, I think part of the problem is. Number one, last year was sort of a such a strange year, especially for offensive linemen, especially for young offensive linemen with no rookie mini camps, no OTAs, no regular camps. I, I mean, it put those guys really on the back foot. And then number one, number two, I would have liked to see Matt Hurt get more playing time last year uh, to basically see what they have. I think Matt Hurt could be a real good offensive tackle, but I would have liked to see him play a little bit more. So I don't think while the giant uh, offensive line needs help, I don't think the situation is as bad as many people you know, pro- uh, project it to be. Because I think once these guys start to play together more and more in the, and get off-season work, they're going to become a, a much stronger unit. Uh, that said, you, know, you, you mentioned a couple guys there. I absolutely love Wyatt Davis. I think Wyatt Davis, before his injury, was really worth uh, a first-round pick, and then he got injured in the final game against Alabama. He's a big guy at 315 pounds. He's athletic. He's mobile. You can use him as his own blocker. He really showed power in his game last year. Uh, I'm very, very high on Wyatt Davis. I think he'll be a spectacular pick for the Giants uh, somewhere in day two. Trey Smith of Tennessee is another guy. If he's able to pass medicals, has had some blood clot issues in the past. Uh, but, again, you know, not the real athletic, flashy guy but someone who was just very consistent. And remember, you know, coming into the season, a lot of people don't understand this, don't even know this. Trey Smith coming into the 2020 season was graded a full round higher than Rashawn Slater by NFL scouts or scouts who do the preseason grades. Rashawn Slater didn't play last year. Trey Smith did. Now, Rashawn Slater is being talked about as a top 12 pick. And Trey Smith is a day two choice. So, you know, that is kind of strange. But even later on, Quinn Myers, the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the hero, if you will, of the uh, senior ball is another guy, early third round, if he's still there, can play center or guard. I like Aaron Banks, although he may not be mobile enough for the Giants in the third round. They're going to be able to get a good offensive lineman, especially a good interior offensive lineman, even a tackle, because the tackles go through, uh, you got enough uh, talent at the tackle position to last you through the third round. So the Giants will be able to come away with a good offensive lineman during the second day, and I dare say even in the fourth round of this year. Nice. All right, Tony, uh, thank you very, very much for uh, for spending a few minutes with me. Uh, just let people know where they can uh, where they can find your work, uh, Pro Football Network, and, and, and all of that. Yeah, well, well we do a podcast every uh, Wednesday night with the Podcast Network. We've been interviewing a lot of prospects. Leading up to the draft, those those interviews have gone well. Very, uh, very insightful. 
And, and then, of course, on Pro Football Network, we have the uh, we'll have almost 700 individual scouting reports. So Giant fans can find scouting reports not only on the players that the Giants select in 2021 draft, but the players that they sign afterwards as undrafted free agents. We just released the draft guide, which is free of charge to anybody. All you got to do is sign up and they, you can download the draft guide. It's 350 pages with 300 scouting reports and grades for more than 800 players. And then, of course, there is the mock simulator, which people seem to be addicted to. I, I don't use it too much because I'm afraid once I start, I won't be able to stop. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's 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 where I am at this point, Tony. I I, I can't stop using it. <laughs> so, so you understand, I got plenty of work to do. I don't get started because I'm afraid I won't be able to stop. But the mock simulator is something that uh, people absolutely love. All right, hey Tony, thank you very very much for for a few minutes, and um, maybe after the uh, maybe after the draft, we'll circle back and we'll talk about what the Giants actually do. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right, take care, Giants fans. That's our show for today. Thank you as always for listening. Please check out Big Blue View this week as we give you all of the news and analysis from Dave Gettleman's media availabilities on both Tuesday and Thursday. And as we continue to uh, preview prospects and give you all of uh, all of the coverage that you need about the New York Giants as we head into the 2021 NFL Draft, as I always say, you know, please remember to uh, be safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.